Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt with Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lifty podcast brought to you by Hunt Lifty Official. I'm Carter McKenzie with the one and only repeat offender, Bobby McCready, coming at us from the great state of New Jersey. What's up, man? That's right. Make sure you highlight the great state of New Jersey this time because we got two people from the great state of New Jersey on tonight. That's right. That's right. I am am outnumbered tonight. I didn't know we'd ever have two folks from New Jersey on this podcast at once. And, you know, our guest tonight happens to be a fellow. What are folks from New Jersey called? New Jerseyites. <laughs> we just call each other awesome. So. <laughs> Better than everybody else. God's chosen people. Yeah, yeah, our guest tonight from the great state of New Jersey, Nick Lapore, aka Burger Buff, cooking up fantastic looking burgers and lifting heavy ass weights. What's going on, Nick? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Been stoked to uh, have you on here ever since Bobby kind of pointed your Instagram page out to me. Um, and as soon as I pulled it up, I was like, oh, man, this guy's talking my language. Like, this is <laughs> this is legit. I got the lifting and eating part down. Absolutely. Yeah, you're filling, you're filling you know, two of the three main pillars of, of Hot Lift Eat. And like we were saying before we press record, Bobby and I have been a little heavy on the hunting content recently with uh, fall rolling around here soon. So this would be a breath of fresh air to everybody else listening, man. Awesome. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, heck yeah. So, uh, Nick, why don't you give us maybe a crash course in what is, who is Burger Buff for uh, listeners who may not be familiar with you or your page? Yeah, so um, started as a, actually started as a bodybuilding page. I was a competitive bodybuilder for about 10 years, um, and my cheat meal was always a burger and fries, no matter uh, what time of the year, whether I was dieting or bulking, always had to get a burger in every week. Um, so I'd always try to find the best burger wherever I was. And for my job at the time, I was traveling a lot. So I would be in other states, sometimes other countries. Um, and a burger is kind of something you could find no matter where you are, right? So I started documenting that more and less bodybuilding stuff, more food stuff, and it kind of gained a lot of traction. And I enjoyed it more than the actual, I was never a guy to really record my lifts and stuff like that, but it was kind of, that's the trend of how lifting and fitness community was going. Um, So got more into the food content, started cooking my own burgers. And in 2019, I ate a burger every single day for a year. Um, and kind of documented that whole thing. So, uh, I don't know if Bobby were following back then, but, um, yeah, he, uh, he probably saw that whole journey come about. So that's, uh, what really gained this momentum is that burger a day thing. It was a guy who was somewhat in shape eating a burger every day. I was getting my blood work done. I was, uh, still training hard every day. And my other meals throughout the day were pretty clean, 
Um, so if you think about it, meat, cheese, bun, it's not that bad for you. There's worse things you could eat every day. Um, wasn't eating a ton of fries or drinking a lot of soda. So end of the year, I basically gained a ton of knowledge on burgers, right? Had a ton of experience. I was in kitchens with these cooks, seeing how they were made. Cause I was documenting a lot of it. I was cooking my own burger. I was taking pictures every day. So I was gaining all these skill sets. Um, that eventually led to the Burger Buff brand, which is what it is now, where I travel the country, eat burgers, cook burgers, get invited to judge burger competitions, write articles on burgers, kind of just do everything burgers, right? Dude, you're kind of living like every guy's dream right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying. I mean, that sounds like the greatest job in the world. Yeah, so it's uh, it's getting there. It's uh, really cool opportunities are presenting themselves. I, I put every waking moment into this brand um, every day, putting out content, um, whether it's pictures, videos, written word, podcasts, uh, being on podcasts, things like that. So, um, and it's worked out well because I think I grew it in a genuine, like organic way. Um, and the following I have is just super supportive of everything I do. I teach a burger class once a month. Um, that sells out within minutes. My pop-ups in New Jersey sell out within minutes. I go, I was just in Denver. There was like a 200 person line for my burgers in Denver. Um, so yeah, it's been going well. Seconds. Your, your tickets sell out in seconds in New Jersey. I've been in that queue for so long, so many times where, and just because you might know Burger Buff, you ain't getting a Burger Buff ticket. Like you wait in the queue, just like everybody else, which is awesome. And you, suffer and cry when you can't get a ticket that's the god's honest truth yeah it's 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 become a a little dilemma because like i don't even give my family members tickets because it's like where do you draw the line you got people coming out of the woodwork and i it sucks it puts me in a shitty position too because i want to i like to help people i want people to taste my burger but it's like how do you say yes to one person and no to another so kind of just make it whoever gets them first gets it yeah i think that adds to the hype though too man like it's it's like a competition now when your tickets get released that people are always like, I got to get on there first. Like I have more alarms set for your ticket <laughs> drops than I do to wake up for work. It's crazy. Uh, Thank it's, you. I appreciate you it. Have a, you have a product that is so desired, right? But only a finite amount of resources to go around. Yeah. And it's, I think it's also that I showed the whole journey that led up to this. And I also don't hype my burger up to be the best burger ever. I kind of just say, this is how I like a burger and I like all different types of burgers, but this is just my, my take on a smash burger. And it's very simple. Um, high quality beef, dry aged beef, um, yellow American cheese, potato roll and special sauce. Um, but it's more about the execution and, uh, being able to finally see the the journey come to a product at the end of all this burger research, essentially. Heck yeah. That's awesome, man. There's a ton to unpack there. I got so many questions for you, (laughs) but Bobby, how do you, how do y'all know each other? How do you know, Nick? So we grew up in the same town actually. And uh, I think we grade school was probably like when we were both little kids, we uh, went to the same grade school and you know, Tom's river is not very big town except for some big guys that come out of the town. But uh, yeah, so everybody kind of knows each other in Tom's River and everybody kind of stays close. No one's, no one's, everyone thinks we're all douchebags in New Jersey, but we're actually all, everyone's <laughs> friends here. So I don't know why everybody gets that. It's a bunch of nice folks in that town. Yeah, seriously. Just, just love us. 
don't know about that, but <laughs> nice. That's cool. That's a really cool connection. As soon as Bobby came on a full time with the podcast, he was like, "Dude, we got to get we got to get my buddy Nick. We got to get Burger Buff on." And I was like, "All right, awesome. shoot me his Instagram page." And I was looking through it, and you know, at first glance, your your page is. I don't, do you run it yourself? Yeah, everything on there is my pictures, unless I say otherwise. But yeah, I take every single picture. Dude, that's um, awesome. And I have been cranking out content every single day for a little over three years now. Yeah, because your your aesthetic it's like visually appealing. It's like high quality photos. You you see the burger, and it's like it's like you said, it's just like a good it's a good honest burger. Like it's a burger that. <laughs> I want it's like a it's like a working man's burger. It's not like dressed up or anything. There's sauce and cheese dripping out of the sides, and it's like you know you know exactly what you're gonna get when you look at it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like any uh, any field you're in, right? Like there's ways to post burgers that are more just like for the visual appeal and to go viral, like a ten patty burger or like a burger with mac and cheese. And you can go that route, but it's it doesn't seem authentic to me and what I like. So I always just try to make my burgers look the best they can look um, and not try to be something I'm not. So I'm sure you guys have that in hunting and uh, things like that where people just post shit just for likes. And you might have some short-term success with that, but in the long term, you're not going to have a true following. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, like you said, it's just been a good, honest, you know, growth and following. And that's, you know, that's a nod to your authenticity, right? You're, you're just straight up like, this is, this is it. You're not like overselling your product. You're just, hey, transparent. This is what we got. And, you know, that's how Hot Lift Eats trying to grow as well. Not, we're not trying to outgrow what we can produce, right? Which it sounds like you're knocking on that door as well. But, you know, authenticity, people, people appreciate that. Yeah, I was never a good uh, salesman. Like, that's just not my personality. So I'm more of like on the creative side, the marketing side, and um, just kind of showing the journey, like I said. And that if people can relate to that, fine. And if they don't, there's plenty of other burgers to try, right? So I'm not trying to uh, say eat my burger over any other burger. Uh, there's enough customers for everyone. For sure. Yeah, I love that. Not trying to corner the burger market. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a chain where you can have it your way and customize your toppings and all that. So <laughs> my burger just comes one way, no modifications. So yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, I'll cook other stuff here and there and like post pictures and stuff, but for my events, it's just one burger, one way. Yeah. No fuss. No, you don't exactly. have to worry about it. You know what you're getting in and what you're, what you're producing. Yep. Exactly. Nice. Bobby, how many times have you had it? Twice now. Twice, okay. And, and here's the funny thing is, Kayla, who's my wife, when I got her a ticket for, so like basically the way his pop-ups work are you get you get a ticket is a burger. And in the bag, if I correct me if I'm wrong, you get the burger, you get, I think I got chips and a little little taste of the burger buff sauce, the special sauce, which I still have some in my fridge. Um, and Kayla actually, when we went up there, had a stomachache. And I was like, never been so excited for my wife to have a stomachache in my life because I knew she was not going to eat that burger. And I said, holy shit, I'm going to have two of them right now. And sure shit, I had two of them that day. But nice. I've been to two different events now. So awesome. I, I've been lucky enough to land two. Awesome. That's cool. Let's talk about these pop-ups a little bit because it's a really cool concept. And you, I didn't really realize how much you travel. Like you, you cover a lot of ground. Yeah. So, um, 
I think part of that is like, I want to take on opportunities to grow the following in other markets. Um, and even if something initially doesn't make sense financially, like there's not a huge upside to it that way. Like I'm not going to make a ton of money doing it. I'll do it just because I know it's going to grow my following, gain exposure. And then maybe five months from now, I'll go back out there and make the money I need to make. Right. So that's the, where the traveling comes in, but pop-ups initially started, uh, right before the pandemic. Um, I used to go to a coffee shop and just work all the time. Cause I like to get out of the house and work, uh, when I'm working remotely and the coffee shop saw I was cooking burgers, saw my page and they were like, Hey, the kitchen's not being used at night. If you ever want to do something here, um, we see you cook burgers, think it'd be cool. And I love the coffee shop. I want to bring awareness to the coffee shop. So it was a kind of a win-win for both of us. Um, so I just said, uh, I'll be at this coffee shop from 5 PM to 7 PM. And if you want to come grab a burger, come grab a burger. I had no idea what I was doing. Essentially grew up working in restaurants, but never was like a trained chef or anything. Um, got all my stuff ready, looked up at five o'clock and there was about a hundred people outside and, uh, <laughs> it got my ass handed to me, but, uh, learned, learned a lot <laughs> and learned that, uh, cooking one burger for an Instagram picture versus cooking a hundred burgers, uh, in a row is totally different, but, uh, that was over two years ago. So that multiplied by, it's gotta be around 70 pop-ups in five different States, hundreds of different cities. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, it's been quite a ride. So the pop-ups are mainly to bring people to my favorite spots. That's how they started. I like this pizza spot. Maybe a lot of people don't know about it. Let me do a pop-up here. They could try my burger, but then they'll also get to see this pizza spot, try their, try their oh, pizza. Cool. So it doesn't necessarily have to marry up, you know, from a culinary perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've done them at Italian restaurants, um, yeah, pizza spots, coffee shops, uh, all different types of businesses. Yeah, yeah. Very my cool. favorite, my favorite actual place for breakfast and coffee. I learned because of one of your pop ups, actually. Uh, oh, the nice. Union Market. I've never would have traveled to the Union Market. Now I travel there daily, and that's a hike for me. But I love that place. So yeah, it's pretty cool that you pick small businesses and everybody supports each other, which is really cool. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point of it, right? It's like. Uh, I don't, I don't charge businesses for me to be there and they don't charge me to be there. Um, it's more about just doing cool stuff with cool people. And that's why I'm kind of picky about where I do pop-ups too, because if I'm, if I'm going to be in your space for a day, um, we got to get along, we got to understand what's going on and I don't want to interfere with what you're doing and vice versa. Right. So it's got to make sense on both ends. And that's why for New Jersey, I have a pretty core group of spots now that I do like repeat pop-ups at. So how often are you, are you cranking these things out? Cause if you, if you scroll through <clears throat> your comments on your pictures, that's like all I see. And to your credit, you respond to folks, you respond to everybody. And you're like, the next one's going to be on this date. It's on this date. It's on this date. Yeah. I'm sure that can get really repetitive, but like, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so the first part of the question was, uh, how often do I do them? Yeah, I do try to do one a week pop-ups, but okay. the second part of the business, which I didn't really plan for was private parties and private events. So people, it was hard for people to get to the pop-ups because there was only 200 tickets, 150 tickets. So they're like, screw it. I'm just going to hire this guy to come to my backyard and cook us burgers. 
Um, so now I do about two private parties a week and one pop-up a week. That's like my pretty average schedule per week. So I'm cooking about three days a week, but it's at a new location every, every week. And, uh, there's a lot of prep beforehand. Um, whether I'm cooking in another state or another city, sourcing everything, all that stuff. So, um, and the other part about answering people, to me, that was such a huge part about building the businesses, answering DMs, answering comments. It's gotten to the point now um, where it's it's not feasible to answer every single DM, but I still try to as best I can. Um, and that's like, to me, that's the new like touching tables or customer service or yeah. however you want to look at it. Right. Like there's so many times where I answer someone and they're like, thank you so much for responding. And it's like, that means other businesses or other people aren't responding when they should. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I think that connection is really what helps me because I answer people's questions. I provide value to my audience. So then when I, when it is time for me to sell something, they want to buy it or they want to partake in it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's part of that authenticity, right? I mean, it is customer service and it's like, frankly, it's not as prolific these days as, as one would hope, which is like kind of too bad. That's how we get folks on this podcast. Just reach out to them on Instagram. Sometimes you get ghosted and sometimes you, you know, get Jack Donovan on the podcast. and You're like, whoa, like what is happening? This is, this is the craziest thing in the world. That's wild. Yeah. That's why it never hurts to ask. Right. And I don't judge people if I, if I got ignored and I hope they don't judge me if I missed a message that they sent me because you never know what's going on on their end. Maybe they oh, opened yeah. it and they were busy. Um, but to answer as many people as possible, I think is really important. And I see new businesses where they have 20 questions in their comments. None of them are answered. And then they wonder why people aren't supporting them. And it's like, this is the hand to hand combat. This is like the dirt that you need to be doing every day that most businesses aren't. And it's, it just takes time. I get it. It's a lot of work, but it doesn't take any money. It just takes time. Yeah. And is it just you? Are you a solo act? Um, as far as, uh, like all the marketing, all the Instagram, all the, uh, logistics. Yes. Um, but thankfully I do have some friends or family members that'll help me in big events. Um, so I'm very grateful for them. If it's a big pop-up or a big private party, I'll have a couple helpers with me cause it's just not realistic to, um, cook that many burgers. I still smash every burger like that. The act of smashing the burger. I, I think that's important for me to do that. still, just cause that's what they're hiring me for. Yeah. Um, to cook the burger, but then I'll have people help me plate or help me box, help me hand out burgers, stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So just, just remember that he's available for private parties. So like, let's say hypothetically, <laughs> we're doing a HLE rendezvous in some other state, <laughs> you know, that's being planned out. we got a book now because he fills up quick. Just right. saying, if you're listening, Luke, if you're listening. Next June, we should probably go ahead and get that on the calendar. <laughs> I've got a picture of the credit card. We could probably just handle it as soon as we get off tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We're flying them in. Where do you guys do that? It's going to be in uh, a f the owner's farm in Virginia. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. Which would be actually pretty sick if you could if you could be there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whipping up burgers? That'd yeah. be sick. Right there. That'd be really sick. Have you been there, Bob? No, nah, this would be my first time. So, okay. yeah. So cool. we'll go together. We'll, we'll there you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll what is it like traveling? What does your gear list look like from a logistic point of view? Yeah. So every, every pop-up's different. Um, and I kind of just figure that out as each one comes about. Um, if I can drive to it, 
then I ideally would bring my own grill. It's a flat top grill that kind of breaks down and fits in the back of my truck. Um, my tools, obviously spatulas, things like that. Um, it's propane powered. So just pick up propane when I get there. And then as far as like the meat goes, I have a, a special blend that I use for my burgers. If I can get it, if I can transport it in coolers and keep it cold enough, depending on the length of the drive and things like that, um, ideally I would bring my own meat, but then there's pop-ups where I fly into Denver and I source a grill that's out there already, make sure it's, uh, up to my specs and I'll speak with local butchers out there that are working with local cattle and stuff like that and see if they can do my blend. Um, and that's kind of like the back end work to kind of replicate that burger no matter where I go. It's mainly the meat and the grill are the two hardest things. The cheese, the bun, uh, I can get that shipped to me or pick up anywhere. Um, the sauce I make myself, so that's easy. Right. Um, so, yeah, the grill and the meat are the two hardest things. But, yeah, you just kind of figure it out. It's like I've seen so many companies turn down things. They're like, oh, that's you can't do that. It's too hard or the logistics don't work out. It's like just figure it out. Like, yeah, exactly. Figure it out. <laughs> find man. a way to do it. Like, yeah. Or, or I'll do it for you. Forget it. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'll pick up the slack. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. I wanted to ask about your ingredients and like kind of how important that is, right? Because you you have this product and you're replicating it and every single person who comes to your event wants the burger, right? And there there can't be a discrepancy, theoretically, I guess, between that burger and this burger, right? You want to make the you yeah. know, burger buff burger every single time. Uh, is your blend a secret? No, not necessarily. Um but like you said, consistency is huge. And I think I give restaurants a ton of respect. I think it's nearly impossible to run a restaurant without messing up. Um, there's so many factors working against them. And that's what I kind of learned is like, if I can do this in small batches and do it once or twice a week, three times a week and really nail the execution of the burger instead of cranking out thousands of them and making 50% quality, you know? Um, right. So the meat um, is kind of like the star of my burger, whereas most places just pile toppings on and you can't even really taste the meat anymore. I want to taste the meat in a burger. Um, so it's a 70-30 blend, so you're getting a lot of fat in there, 30% fat, um, give or take, sometimes 75-25, but it's around that 70-30 mark. Um, and then it's dry-aged ribeyes. They take trim oh, nice. trimmings from dry-aged ribeyes. Um, and then chuck and brisket. That's, that's usually here. I'll tweak it here and there. Um, and there's so many factors with the meat and where it came from and, you know, you know how it's stored sure. and all this stuff. Right. So it's like, as much as it's important to nail the consistency of the ingredients, I also think it's important as a chef or anyone to kind of be able to pivot and adjust when you're cooking in the rain or you're cooking in the snow or you're cooking in a higher altitude and all these things. Right. So ingredients are important, but it's also good to be able to uh, adjust to the situation. Right. Right. You don't want to be kind of pigeonholed at all and still be right. able to pivot when you need to. Yeah. Exactly. I was curious because, you know, we do a lot of cooking with wild game and, and, you know, we, we make a lot of burgers with, with venison. And for that, you have to add, you don't have to, but, I suggest oh, yeah. adding fat to it for sure. If you're making burgers sure, and that can usually be in the form of, you know, beef tallow or per pork fat. I'm always trying, I'm always playing with the ratio a little bit. <clears throat> and, uh, this year, my family, we split, uh, we split half a cow 
from a farm up in Cleveland, Georgia, a cattle farm that my buddy runs up there. And that was the first time we'd ever done that. Um, and when we picked up that beef from the processor, I mean, you can just tell in the color before you could even taste it that this is going to be something different. <laughs> this is going to be something special. Right. right, right. And, uh, you can, you can a hundred percent taste that, especially when you don't cover it up with every condiment known to man. Yeah, for sure. What's your, uh, what's your guys thoughts on like the whole like grass fed beef? So they're grass fed and grass finished. Um, and I guess I could ask him, he's a firefighter in the, in the local town. And then he started this cattle company with, uh, his siblings and, uh, we went to college together and I was like, Hey, I'd, you know, I'd love to support you. That's awesome. You know, I got more meat than the law allows in the freezer, but always <laughs> want to help out a buddy for sure. Uh, and it was awesome. We just split it amongst the family. Um, but I don't know. What are, do you have thoughts on it? I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like I don't try to speak on things that I'm not like super well versed on. And yeah. like, I guess that's where I am in around, I was t- talking my way around that. But yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with anything, right? Like you can have an opinion on it, but like, I, I know about my burger or I know about certain things. And if I don't know something, I'll say, I don't know. But for me, it's more of a buzzword, um, for marketing and like I've had grass fed beef that tastes amazing and I've had grass fed beef that tastes absolutely terrible. So I think people are a little too hung up on, Oh, I only eat grass fed. And it's like kind of like saying I only eat organic, right? It's like organic, such a broad term now and so many companies use it. And it's like, so yeah, I mean, I've used both. Uh, I generally don't use grass fed beef, but I've used it and it's tasted great and I've used it and I wasn't a fan of it. So yeah, I was just curious on your thoughts on it. Yeah. Words like that are funny, man. It's all, you know, it's marketing too. And you see it in the hunting world too. People will be like, put it on Instagram and, you know, a picture of a duck that you killed or whatever. And you're like, you know, hashtag organic. And you're like, (laughs) really? Like how organic is that duck? Like sure it's a wild (laughs) duck, but that thing's been eating corn from Canada all the way down to, you know, Kansas. There's nothing organic about that, you know, genetically modified crops that that thing's been eating. So like, do we say it just to make us feel better or like, you know, it can still taste good, but like, sure. it's just an extra hashtag. Let's be transparent about it. Or it's like an extra $2 on a, you know, when you're yeah. buying something or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's good, man. So what, I mean, what, what makes actually before I ask that question, have you come across like the term smash? Like, does that fall in that category too? Like smash burgers are like, you know, all the rage right now in Atlanta, like every, every, well, so are like microbreweries in Atlanta. <laughs> every microbrewery's got a damn food truck out there and, you know, you, it's not too hard to find a smash burger and I like making them here. Like, is that a, do you find that to be a buzzword at all or just a different type of burger? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a buzzword. Every bar, every restaurant's trying to have some type of smash burger now. I and mean, I think a lot of people don't know they've been around for like 50, 60, 70, 80 years, smash oh, burgers. Wow. They just weren't always called smash burgers, but that style of like the meat starting in a ball or puck form and then smashing it down with a spatula or something that's been around for a while. It's just been more trendy lately. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a buzzword because there's so many different styles of smash burgers. Um, and like Bob will tell you, mine tend to be like pretty thin and crispy on the ends, like almost like see-through. Um, but then still have like a meaty center and then 
you'll have like a Shake Shack or a Five Guys, which they actually smash their meat down too, but they're more of like a thicker patty. Right. Um, and everything in between those two styles, right? So it's like people love to say, oh, that's not a smash burger. That's not a true smash burger. And I I love to go back at people like that because I'm like, who, who are you to be the authority on what a true <laughs> smash burger is or what a true, what the best burger is? That shit right. kills me. It's like, I've learned one thing. It's, there's no right way to do food. Uh, you could be as picky and as uh, pretentious about it as you want, but everyone's going to eat the food as however they want. There's a line at White Castle. There's a line at that $40 burger in New York City, right? It's like people are going to eat how they want to eat. Yeah, definitely. What uh, What's the thing called that you do the smashing with? So I actually use two tools. One is just like a heavy-duty spatula. Um, made by Victory Knox, which I think they actually make like knives and stuff too. Um, and then the other piece, it's uh, it's actually like a meat tenderizer, that silver piece that I use. Um, definitely not made for smashing burgers, but it's it's pretty heavy. It's like five pounds, and it just makes the process easier when you're doing like hundreds of them, and it, it gives it that real lacy, crispy edge because it really uh, smashes it thin on the edges. Yeah, I like that that crispy crunch on the edge of yours in the in the pictures. Like that's that's my kind of burger, man. That's what I'm talking you, about. You have no idea. Like we're gonna have to I like know. mail you one. <laughs> like, and it's like a finite resource. I'm gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, Maybe super hot flat top is the key, and then yeah. a, a beef with a good amount of fat. Those are the two factors that really create those. Uh, otherwise, you're just burning the meat, and you're not really uh, like searing it. You're more of just uh, yeah, burning it, and it gets it doesn't taste the same. Ever thought about transitioning to a dumbbell? <laughs> Smash them with. That might they may be like a future product uh, you might see in stores. That'd be cool. I bet you could right. sell that on your website. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd buy one. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> then then you would say you're going to the gym. You're just you're just smashing burgers, dude. If you're cooking for 250 people, there's some there's some shoulder work going on there. Yeah, it's funny. People message me all the time, and I love when people want to start a pop-up because they see what I'm doing or see what someone else is doing. Um, and then they do one, and they cook for 100 people, 200 people, and they're like, holy shit, this isn't as easy as it looks, right? So that's why I have no problem telling people what I do, how I do it, because it's the execution. It's not the recipe. It's it's not the ingredients. It's showing up every day and doing it and uh, providing the best product you can, but people just think it's like, Oh, I, I have the recipe. I can do it. It's like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's going to outwork you. Right. Like that's the key. Yeah. That's the idea. And, um, again, like it's not to be in competition with anyone. It's just, I know how much time I'm putting into this thing. Right. And I see other people floating on, uh, unicorns at Ticey's, right, Bobby. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm just messing with it. Yeah. That was a New Jersey reference that went right over my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. You'll, you'll pick up on it one day. Our, our Jersey listeners will get it and laugh. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I definitely don't judge people for, like, leisurely activities. Um, I just think it's funny when people are, like, not as busy or successful as they want to be, and then they're they're spending their time doing going on vacations. It's like something's not adding up there. <laughs> Got to put in the hours like you do. Like you said, man, you post daily, constantly. Your stories, you always have, I mean, like what, 40-something stories <laughs> in a day or something. So so you, you're definitely getting the content out there. And it's it's great because you're making a brand for yourself, which is uh, 
fucking awesome. You know, like you, you, you're like, you always say, you know, you're just building an empire for yourself. And that's what the the main goal is. I think I, I'm assuming that's what your main goal is. Just make the brand as big as possible. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to build the best, like the biggest burger empire in terms of like cooking the most burgers or selling the most burgers. I just want to be a burger brand that can kind of do pivot to whatever I need to do, whether it's burger media content or, um, reviewing burgers, eating burgers, cooking burgers, and everything in between, right? So if you pigeonhole yourself to just one restaurant where you cook burgers, kind of limits your reach and what you can do. So that's the beauty of social media. I don't, I'm actually like Bobby will tell you, I'm not like a huge extrovert, like in person, I don't love putting myself out there. I don't love attention, but I know the importance of content. And I know the more I put out there, the more business and the more opportunities I get. So I'm just going to keep putting stuff out there. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you ever, if you did ever do like a brick and mortar uh, like restaurant, you would learn, you would lose your maneuverability. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't I, be able I, to, you wouldn't I'd be, be able to go to shoot down to Denver or down to Atlanta or Luke's farm in Virginia or <laughs> whatever else, right? You would pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. And I would be, I know if I did open it, I would give everything I have to it and I would be there 16 hours a day. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what your goal is to have the best restaurant, I fully respect that for me. That's not my goal. I could hire someone to run it, but that's not my style either. I I've seen the decline of businesses when they just put a manager in charge that doesn't really give a shit about it. Yeah. Sure. I think my favorite thing is when people can't get tickets and they come at you with such an attitude saying, open up a goddamn store already and shit. Like, I'm like, the do fuck? they? Do, yeah. do people get fired up? Oh, oh he's, he God. puts it to his stories all the time. It's, it's great when people get fired up, man. There's this mentality. I don't know if it's always been around, but I've just noticed it more over the years is like, I want, th- I want what you have. So give it to me or I'm going to complain. Like I want it. So give it to me. Right. It's yeah, like, I deserve I, it. I, I want a lot of things that I can't get. I don't message Nike that I didn't get the sneakers I wanted. Like, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just like this mindset of like, but I want it. So give it to me. <laughs> but I'm also, I, that's half joking too. Like I'm also sympathetic to people and I try try to provide other options to them, whether it's trying to get, tickets to my class or book a private event or I'll recommend another burger that I love right in the area that they live um, or wherever they're traveling to. So uh, I get it. People just sometimes can't wrap their head around a food business that doesn't want to serve everyone. Right. Um, which I get it's, it's not common. Um, but my goal is to make the best product possible. And I like to interact with people too. So if I was at a pop-up where I had to cook a thousand burgers, I wouldn't even be able to take my head off the grill, right? But if I do 200 and nail those 200, I can say hi to people. I can yeah. interact with them. And a lot to a lot of people, they may not care if I say hi to them, but a lot of people do um, want to talk to me about the restaurant that they went to or the, re- the burger I recommended last week, you know? So, um, yeah, I get a lot of angry messages. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the most recent one or the one I always post is this guy, he probably emails me once a month and he calls me a fucking idiot juice head. And, uh, <laughs> that's when you know, you made yeah. it, man. When you got that, when that hater just keeps coming month after yeah. month. <laughs> so I'd like to meet him one day, but we'll see. <laughs> I remember when I first started, started working for HLE, we got one message and, uh, this guy actually, he posted it on a story and he called us big money posers. 
It's like, you guys are just big money posers. And we were like, buddy, we are all working <laughs> jobs and do this on the side. And we are all broke. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're just bathing in cash over there. Yeah, dude. Just like, yeah. Me as a high school teacher, just rich as hell. Hilarious. That's funny. So when did you, going back a little bit, when did you know, like, all right, I'm done with, I know you competed bodybuilding wise. When were you like, all right, I'm done with this. And was that your transition? Like, I'm not going to focus on this as much anymore. And I'm going to pursue this burger Avenue even more. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't like an instant decision, but I, I knew I was getting more into the food travel and that type of content. And bodybuilding, as great as many things as I've learned from bodybuilding and that have helped me in now what is my burger business, it's still it's there's a lot of negatives to it too. Um, not to hate on the sport, but stressful on your personal life. It's stressful on your health, um, your mental health, your physical health. Um, so I knew I needed to give my body a break from some of that and. There's ways to do it where it's still healthy and things like that. But just overall, I knew I needed to kind of just take a break and just go back to lifting just because I love lifting and not worry about uh, what I look like and things like that. So when I did the burger a day thing, when I decided to do the burger a day thing, I knew it wasn't going to be feasible to still compete <laughs> and eat a right. burger every day. Right. So that was kind of the, uh, the switching point there. Um but yeah, still love to lift, try to lift almost every day. And uh, I don't really miss getting on stage oiled up in a posing trunks, but um, <laughs> I still love to lift. <laughs> yeah, a little more casual approach now. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, I was, I was, I was curious about that. And, uh, you know, not that a burger is like the greatest thing in the world for you, but it, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, it's like, it's what? protein a little bit of fat get some carbs like you're not down and out yeah um have you ever run i'm sure you have or have you ever thought about the macros on your on your burger um yeah i mean i think i did it once i don't remember offhand but if i had to guess it's probably um well i don't know the macros offhand but calorie wise it's probably around like six or seven hundred calories um, so not too bad because it's not a huge burger either. Um, like Bob said, like he can eat two of them um, without an issue. So I always my take on a burger is like you should be able to eat one and not feel like complete crap afterwards. Once in a while you crave like a monster burger and you want to just fucking pass out after it. But otherwise, I want to be able to eat a burger and be full, but not like feel like shit. Yeah, that's a good reference. I've had burgers that are too big before and then you feel like dog shit after. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I try to, that's part of like my whole message is like going back to the basics of food, like simple three or four ingredients and nailing those things before you try to complicate it with fancy cheese or a brioche bun and fucking caviar on it and shit like that. It's like, <laughs> Gold flakes or exactly. truff, black truffles or yeah. whatever. And that'll do well on Instagram. So if you want to, yeah, if you want likes, go for that stuff. But if you want to build a, a real brand, try to master the uh basics first people love that you know what else they love right now is uh like reels and instagram or uh and tiktok videos of of cooking yes have yeah. you ever dipped your toes in in those waters 
a little bit here and there. I definitely like to spend some more uh, time and energy on TikTok. I'm not like a hater of TikTok, but I, uh, it was also like I was a little slow to get on board with it. Um, yeah. But I know the importance of it. I think it's great tool for businesses and for people, personal brands. Um, Instagram's my bread and butter right now, so I don't want to pull from that too much. Um, and even though people have been complaining about Instagram, like uh, engagement and algorithm and stuff, like I have seen dips here and there, but I haven't seen any slow up in terms of demand for my product. So I'm just going to keep going full blast with Instagram and slowly venture into YouTube and TikTok and things like that. Nice. That means your brand is loyal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, people love to complain about an algorithm as to why they're not doing well. It's like, <laughs> it's a free, it's a free app on your phone right. <laughs> that you can reach millions of people with potentially. Right. And you're going to complain about the algorithm of it. Like, right. If this was 20 years ago, you wouldn't have any way to reach those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a massive percentage of our business is done via Instagram, which is yeah. wild that businesses can even do that, right? Like, Yeah, and you, I get you, it. It's frustrating. Tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I get it's frustrating that things change, but like people hated Instagram stories when they first came out. They were like, "What? Well, this is so stupid. I don't want to see these stupid stories. Like, I want to just see pictures." Now you can't get people to shut up on stories, right? right. So it's like, <laughs> I love stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So same. Thing. <laughs> All these new features, people hate them in the beginning, and then they come around to it. So that's funny. So. What's the key, man? What makes the best burger? Um, again, like back to like, there's no right answer, obviously. But for me, my preferences, um, there's a few things I learned when I was eating and cooking a burger every day. And it's like fresh bun, like the bun makes the burger. If you're using a shitty stale bun, you're already at a loss, right? So, so many restaurants I eat, eat at, it's a stale bun falling apart. And I get it. It's hard to keep fresh product in restaurants. You're, you're guessing how many people are going to show up that day, right? You may be using something from a few days ago. So for me, I have that ability to get fresh buns in when I need them. Um, so fresh bun, um, high quality beef. Don't skimp out on the beef. Um, like I said, good amount of fat in there. 70, 30. I like salt the thing for God's mm. sake. So many burgers are not salted properly. Uh, if I want to eat a burger, I want to taste juiciness. I want to taste saltiness. I want to taste cheesiness. Um, and so many burgers I eat are just under salted and melt the cheese. I hate when there's a cold piece of cheese on a uh, hot burger. Um, these are like things you can control, right? They're not like right. things you have to be really good at. To, Anybody uh, can do it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so if you can melt your cheese, salt your burger properly, use high-quality beef, and have a fresh bun, I think you're ahead of 90% of the places out there. Um, and then to me, like just something to kind of cut through all that fat. So for me, it's like a special sauce that has like similar like a Big Mac sauce, a little bit of tang, a little bit of sweetness, uh, a little bit of bite, maybe from like a mustard or something in there. Um, you can use pickles to kind of cut through with some acidity, onions, things like that. So I think that kind of is the basis of it. And then anything on top of that is just extra. Just too much. 
Yeah, and a, a lot of it is the structural, not to sound too nerdy about a burger, but the structural integrity of a burger, right? Once you get like a tomato on there and lettuce, then it, the whole thing yeah. just starts falling apart as soon as you pick it up, right? And it's like the the meat to bun ratio has to be on point and all these things where I should be able to hold the burger in one hand, bite it and not have it fall apart, right? So those are the things I look for in a good burger. Yeah, and I don't trust people that put lettuce on their burgers. I think they're just idiots, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. That is crunchy water, and it does not belong on a burger. You don't put crunchy water on a burger. <laughs> I don't I don't eat vegetables in general, so I obviously agree with you, but um, <laughs> I get most of my nutrients from meat and fruit and nuts. But, uh, yeah, I agree. No lettuce on burgers. <laughs> So your order of operations, I'm just trying to picture it. Your meat goes onto a screaming hot grill. You smash it down. Uh, salt it first, then smash it. Salt it first. Yeah. Smash it down. Cheese? Flip it. Flip cheese it. it. Do you put anything over it for the cheese to melt or does the cheese just melts? Uh, if your flat top's hot enough um, and you're using the right type of cheese and not like old cheese, it should melt fast enough. But if you need... Um, it to melt faster you can always like do a squirt of water cover it with cover a it. thing and it'll melt quicker um but yeah That's for me for me i'm i'm cooking usually 12 patties at a time so they're all kind of creating all that steam and juice and so the cheese is melting pretty fast um but yeah then stack them up because it's always a double two three ounce patties uh put it on the bun sauce it bun on top and that's it i i try to I try to bring a level of presentation and preciseness that you would see in like a nicer restaurant, but then bring it to like a fast casual burger. Right. So I get like a burger that comes out so many times and there's like a thumbprint in the bun or like a, a chunk of the bun is missing or like, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. this, the, again, these are things that are easily controllable, but again, I, I feel for restaurants they are cranking out so many different types of things. And it's like, sometimes that stuff gets overlooked, like wipe the plate, make sure the box isn't like crushed. Like all those things to me, they make a difference to some people. They may not. And they may just be like, Hey, it's a fucking cheeseburger. Who cares? Right. But, um, and I get that. Like, I'm cool with that. But for me, I feel like you, when that, when you open that box or when that burger comes to the table, like how it looks is like your first impression of it. And it's like, it's important. Yeah. Do you so do? Got, oh yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. I got to I got to ask though. So what's your best burger that you've had? in this country like for since you travel so much and had i know you like some nights you had wendy's when you had to get a quick burger in because you stayed committed to that 365 and you're like oh shit it's midnight i gotta get a, I gotta get a burger in yeah, so yeah. I, I which is kudos to that where's your best burger you've had i'm sure you get that asked all the time because i've gone you know me and kevin have gone traveling around new jersey finding the place that you highly rated so we always had to get some burgers in there yeah i mean it's such a tough question like it really depends on what I'm craving, but there's definitely like a few ones that I crave consistently. And, uh, in, in Jersey, it's probably, uh, the grand tavern, which is in like Neptune, Bradley beach area. And it's actually not a smash burger. It's a thicker burger, but it's a small menu. I know, I know everything's fresh there. They execute it perfectly. Every time I ask for a medium rare, it's medium rare. Every time it's salted properly every time. Um, and that's why I like going there and it's like not a loud place. It's not like 
super fancy, but it's also really high quality. So it's like everything kind of it. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like all those things add up to your experience um, at a place. It's not just the taste of the food, which is important, obviously. Um, and then White Mana up north is like a legendary, like old school slider spot that you can order like five or six of them and they may mess your stomach up a little bit <laughs> but um <laughs> that's just because you're, <laughs> you're you're working with a, a griddle that's like 80 years old and it just has oh so, so much flavor and grease but you know what you're getting into when you go to a place like that um and i i love the nostalgia of it so those are probably if i had to pick my two in jersey actually in atlanta i really like um nfa burger the letter nfa N- yeah nfa um check it out yeah my buddy billy owns it um and yeah, you can check out their Instagram and they do smash burgers. And I was really impressed with uh, what he's built down there. So if you're ever in Atlanta again, I would definitely check them out. Heck yeah. Next weekend, probably. I nice. just wrote it down. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. And he, he, like me, like has done his research for years before putting out his burger. And like just a good dude with no ego that just loves burgers. That's awesome. That's great. Are there any... Uh... Are there any like no nos when it comes to burgers in your book? <laughs> I mean, for me yeah. personally, there's a lot of no nos, but I'm not like the type that's like never do this. Like I'm always like eat your burger how you want it. But for me, right. like, I don't get the whole fried egg on a burger thing. Like <laughs> I like eggs, um, but I don't want them on my burger. And if you like them, that's fine. But I feel like it's become like a trend of like breaking the yolk and like doing the whole video. Oh yeah. Breaking. Like, I love a good egg yolk. Right. So like, I'm not hating if you want that on your burger, but for me, it's just not my thing. Mac and cheese on a burger. Another, like, I don't want wet, soft pasta on my burger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just <laughs> not my thing, but Instagram loves Mac and cheese burgers. So, um, yeah. And then, like, I don't personally partake in, like, other types of meat burgers. I used to. I've tried, like, salmon burgers, elk burgers, bison burgers. But for me, I always go back to just uh, beef. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, adding fat to a venison burger makes sense to me. Like, I get the point of that. And I get, like, venison's great. I used to eat, like, my uncle hunted for a while. And, like, he would make jerky venison. I know Bob makes jerky and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I'm a fan of gamey meats, but for a burger, I just like beef. Yeah, venison's tough because, like, you also have to add – I mean, not only do you have to add either pork or, or beef tallow to it, but sometimes you got to throw a binder in there either, like, as an egg or, like, some breadcrumbs or something like that. And, you know, I, I've got a burger recipe that I love, but at some point I'm like – It's a meatball. There's so many ingredients <laughs> in this thing. Like, what am I – Yeah, meatloaf, meatball. It's still yeah. delicious, yeah. but, like <laughs> – is it, is it a true burger? Yeah. What's your no, take on organ meats? Organ oh. meats? Liver King style. I think liver tastes terrible, but I keep it from every deer I shoot. Okay. Because it's king. And yeah, I mean, I'll eat it, fry it up with onions and choke it down, but I'm like never amped about it. Okay. Heart Heart's great. Heart tastes great. Love heart. Heart's one of the first things I ever eat. Uh, liver, very strong. Uh, kept the kidneys once, never doing that again. The coyotes can have those. No, thank you. <laughs> Bob, do you yeah. eat that stuff? Uh, heart, yes. Uh, liver, no, unless it's like 
you know, I mean, I don't know the liver king, you know, how natural he is with just liver, you know, that guy, <laughs> I might just have to start eating liver now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's what'll get you huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just curious. Cause it's very, very uh, popular now. And like, I actually had a, like an organ blend from my butcher. Um, mm. but, but he throws in like some regular ground beef in there too, to just help with the flavor. Um, so I was doing that with my eggs every morning for a while. Um, but I don't know how much truth there is as far as like, if you eat liver, it helps your liver and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I think the nutrition density on those organ meats is off the charts. Like I think scientifically for a fact, like heart and liver and all that shit's like uber good for you. Yeah, for sure. Wild game in general. It's just good food for you. I'd love to collab with you on a, on a wild game burger and see if you know you could help Bobby and I figure something out and make it look nice. There you throw go. it up on the website. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be cool, man. I've tried and failed so many times. I tried with my wild turkey. It's just, it's just so hard. And like Nick Turkey's said, man, tough, be- yeah. beef is is king in this. Like it's just, it rules everything for burger. What do they What do they hunt in uh, Whiting all the time, Bobby? It's like some type of bird. Oh, pheasant and quail. Pheasant, yeah, I always hear about yeah. people. What's pheasant taste like? Uh, I'll be the stereotypical guy and say chicken. Does <laughs> <laughs> it? You ever had pheasant? No, I've never hunted pheasant. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very gamey chicken. chicken. Really, it's yeah, it's it's very close to chicken, but just like what, just what chicken tasted like chicken. ten thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Somebody once told me a story, and you're like, oh, you know, did you ever have squirrel? And they're like, no, it tastes great. What was it taste like? Oh, you know, did you ever have snake? Yeah, it tastes like snake. What does that snake taste like? Oh, it tastes like chicken. So, like, it's it's just all tastes like like chicken. Dude. All comes back to it. Yeah. Circles I see back. some uh, some burger places are doing, like, a lot of exotic meats. Like, there's a place that does, like, uh, gator or alligator mm. burgers and stuff like that. You're talking but, like, about that butcher up in Seabright area? No, but he, he's a good spot. Yeah, I, I like yeah. his stuff, and I, and I trust him and his quality. But like, if a burger spot has like gator meat, like, where does that come from, and like, how old <laughs> is it? And like, I'm just curious. Like, th- to your guys' perspective, you would know better than me. Like, where that would come from? Is it like it's got to be frozen, right, and shipped? Got to be frozen and shipped, and it's probably farm raised. Like that's the thing. If you're buying game meat in a restaurant, you can't. You can't sell a restaurant can't sell wild game okay. meat. It has yeah. to be farm raised. So like every elk or bison or you know venison or anything like that. It's all they all come from farms. Uh, I, I would assume the gators are the same way. Gotcha. Yeah. Even sad. in Jersey, like if you look at venison stuff and rabbit stuff, it's all if you like actually look at the mix on the back. It's it's a beef filler or turkey filler or something to make it less as a. It's not a wild game. It's just fillers inside of it too yeah you can't sell wild game it's a federal offense yep so we'll barter yeah, one yeah. burger ticket for <laughs> a pound of venison i don't even know if that's legal or not but we'll figure <laughs> it out we'll edit that part out yeah we'll edit that part out <laughs> heck yeah well awesome man uh i had two other things i wanted to ask you about i want to you sell your secret sauce i do yeah um on where can folks find that on your website not yet. I'm working with a co-packer to get it uh, mass produced so I can keep up with some type of demand like without it selling out every few weeks because I'm not 
I'm not in one spot long enough to be able to keep with online orders. Um, but right now it's at a local store in Point Pleasant, New Jersey called Lenny's Colonial Ranch. Um, and also at my events and my pop-ups, I normally sell it as well. So if, if you ever come to an event, um, I usually have some bottles for sale there. Nice. Bobby, how far are you from Lenny's? Right down the road, man. So you guys just, any team members want the sauce, just Venmo me and I'll, I promise I'll mail you just the sauce and no other surprises. In the Let's box. make an order happen. <laughs> I need it. I need it. That's awesome. And then your seminars, man. That's so cool. How'd you yeah. come up with that? Yeah, so I um, I linked up with a school, a cooking school in New Jersey that um, does all types of classes, and they wanted me to do a burger class. Um, and ever since we did the first one, now we do one every month in uh, Old Bridge, New Jersey. Um, so it's an in-person class. You get to eat as many of my burgers as you want at the class. Uh, you also get to cook them and uh, learn how to cook them and some sides to go with the burger. Um, ask as many questions as you want. And it's just like a cool, people make a date night out of it and things like that. So um, bring a bottle of wine, eat some burgers and uh, hang out. So that's uh, that's once a month, Old Bridge. Uh, it's called the Heirloom Kitchen in Old Bridge, New Jersey. I did not know that cheat code. Carter, you coming with me? <laughs> Dude, I'll be your date. I'll bring the wine. <laughs> there you go. Sign me up. I'm on the way. What's your uh, favorite burger in, in your area? Me? Yeah. Shoot. Put me on the spot. It's tough. Tough question. Dude, that is a tough question because I love a good burger, man. You know, I had an f- unbelievable burger recently with my parents in, in Atlanta. There's a brewery called Dark Monk. Okay. I forget. It's like a Belgian style. Uh, they have Belgian style food. And I had one of the greatest burgers I've had in a long time there. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think the bun had a huge part to play there. There you go. Now that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, Shoot. that one's important. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find out what that is right now. <laughs> I wanna get that right. So I, I, he's gonna edit this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's gotta find this one. <laughs> he's he's determined now. Is it blind monk? Bold monk. Nice. I knew it was a B. Yeah, Bold Monk Brewing in Atlanta. Great nice. burger. I'll check it out. That was a good burger, man. But you know what? I feel like it's because it says brewery, though. Were you drunk and then you ate the burger and it was really good? Or like, you know, like you got <laughs> to find the balance here. <laughs> to me, like like you said, Nick, like you're not going to tell anybody how to eat their burger. For me, two beers and a burger is part of my burger experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another nod to why your burger can't be too big. <laughs> no, yeah. That's a... Uh, their surroundings and what you drink with it and all that stuff plays a part. Like I like a good cold root beer with my burger, yeah. um, not diet. And, uh, yeah, that's what I like. So everyone has their preference. That's awesome. Bobby, you got any final questions, man? No, I mean, I'm just, uh, happy we got him on and we're able to talk burgers for an hour because I mean, who doesn't want to live Nick's life and just travel and make burgers and eat burgers and, <laughs> phenomenal man yeah, yeah well, this has been incredible man we we really appreciate you coming on uh you know before we get out of here you got any closing thoughts for us nick uh no thanks for having me and uh i'm try- trying to live that dream life uh 
one guy on Instagram told me, why don't you get a real fucking job instead of cooking three hours a day? <laughs> um, so hopefully I'll live up to his standards one day. Maybe one day, man. <laughs> that's, can- that's my that's my audio clip right there. Saving that. <laughs> That'll be the title, man. That'll be yeah. the title. Where, uh, where can folks find you on, on social media, Nick? Yeah, so Instagram's the best spot. It's at burger.buff, B-U-F-F. Um, that's where I announce all my pop-ups. Um, if you want to book a private event, it's theburgerbuff at gmail.com. Um, those are the two best ways to, uh, get in touch with me or see what's going on. Got a ton of stuff in Jersey, got some stuff coming up in Florida, uh, later in the year. Um, so maybe we'll make that drive down to Florida and stop, uh, stop in Georgia. Outstanding. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome, man. I'll, I'll, I'll come find you wherever you stop. Awesome. <laughs> Thank yeah. Well, we really appreciate it, man. And uh, listeners, once again, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Uh, and hey, if you guys like this podcast, um, not asking you to spend any money or anything, but if you like this podcast, go leave us a review wherever you listen to it. That really helps us out. Um, and uh, Bobby, shout out, shout out to Bobby McCready, New Jersey Power, uh, started the Hunt Lift Eat podcast Instagram page. So wow. go give that a follow. We have a whopping 167 <laughs> followers right now. Uh, we are, we're closing in fast on uh, Burger Buff. Uh, <laughs> the 30K, we're rapidly approaching and uh, we'll overtake here by probably the end of September. So go drop nice. a follow. Uh, go check out Hot Lift Eats' new uh, summer drop if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>